Star Washington, and you're tuned in to a new episode of What the Finance. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the future. Not 5, 10, 15 years from now, but let's say 30 years from now, 40 years from now. We're going to talk about um, retirement. And I know it's a subject that a lot of people really don't like to think about because if you're like me, or at least if you're like who I was, I always somehow thought the future would take care of itself. I mean, this is the girl that um, took the max amount of student loans out because, hey, I'd get a job that was going to pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I'm smart. I'm charismatic. I'll be able to take care of it. Yeah, that was me. (laughs) So at 37, I realized that that is not how life works, that you don't get what you wish for. Sometimes you don't even get what you deserve. You get what you work for, what you plan for. And that's what I'm starting to realize um, now. So can't recall if I told you guys, but I've so much has happened um, since the last podcast. Um, I've been really busy traveling, um, taking care of my dad, building my business. Um, well, I was traveling for business, so that's part of it. But um, And I'm also starting the home buying process, which, ugh, it's a lot that comes along with that. I'm sure you guys will hear about it. But I met, um, a big thing that I did was I've enlisted the help of a financial planner. I, for the longest, you know, kind of dealt with finances with my head in the sand. Hence the the name of the show, What the Finance. Um, that, <laughs> that, that was me, someone who didn't think about finances, didn't think about money, didn't think about my financial future at all. But since starting my credit rest, restoration business and helping so many people get their finances in order and also helping myself in the process, um, it's stretching me. Um, I really realized the importance. And I also, as I mentioned before, realize how detrimental it is when you don't actually plan for your financial future. So the good thing um, about the financial planner is she's so cool. Um, I was really nervous about getting one because I kind of looked at it as someone telling me everything that I was doing wrong. They were going to put me on a very strict budget. They were going to tell me that I need to stop um, buying my cup of coffee, (laughs) stop getting my nails done, which as an aside, I just got to tell you guys this before I forget. So a major expense of mine for years has been getting my nails done. Um, I love acrylic nails. I love cool shapes. That's like an extra $5. I want a design on all 10 fingers. <laughs> That's like an extra sometimes $50. So anyway, I was spending like $150 on my nails every time that I got them done and I got them done regularly. And um, I always knew 
knew that it was just excessive. Um, not so much, you know, not so much me. Well, no, let me be honest. It was excessive because it didn't match the goals that I was trying to accomplish. That's something that for me um, needs to be reserved when I don't need to think about money at all. Because seriously, when I think about like, I'm paying $10 per nail for some pixie dust, that's crazy. So when I had nails, it's crazy to say when I, I had nails, but I had nails when I had my conversation with my um, financial planner. And she can tell that I had some anxiety about the process. And like I said, she was really cool. She asked me about, you know, my anxieties. And I said, oh, I know you're going to tell me to stop um, getting my nails done, stop spending so much on my nails. So that's how you know that I knew that there was an issue there. But anyway, she didn't say anything because, you know, everyone is different. As long as you're budgeting, cutting back, um, saving, preparing for your goals. I mean, everyone cuts in different areas. So she kind of left that up to me. But um, I have recently um, started um, master swimming, which is serious swimming, like doing all the strokes. And um, I'm going to be swimming competitively. And um, my coach let me slide with the nails for a little bit. But a couple weeks ago, she was like, you're going to have to let go of the nails if you're going to take this thing seriously. And I said, why? And I knew the reason why, because before she even said anything, one time I was practicing by myself and I was so tired and I was trying to get to that wall so fast that I hit my nail against the wall and oh my gosh, excruciating pain. It didn't come off, but I thought it did. But anyway, because I'm taking my swimming seriously, I have a race gear. I'm gearing up for a race in a few months, but since I'm taking my swimming seriously, I let go of the nails. So for the first time in about, man, four years, I'm actually seeing my real nail beds. Um, at first, they looked like nubs. It took a lot to get used to, but I've gotten so many compliments on my short natural nails. I have them dip powdered, which, um, you know, it's just not just getting my basic nails painted. I can never be that basic, but man, the money I saved, I probably, between my nails and feet, um, which is what I usually do, probably saved about $80. That adds up. So what I have to do is put the difference, put that $80 away in my savings, not blow it on something else, but put it away because I was used to paying that for the last four years. So I wasn't missing it. I got to save that money, let it grow. So yeah, so um, that's, that's kind of my experience with the financial planner. Just um, she wanted me to start working on a budget and it's crazy because um in my home buying process i also need to work on a budget and um a budget does not have to be a measurable process um but you definitely want to be honest with yourself and i'm slowly getting my budget together once i have it all signed, sealed, and delivered, I'll let you know how that side of things went. But back to um, retirement. So, um, and I didn't even realize that my financial planner would do this, but she asked me, she said, do you have a 401k? Um, I said, yeah, of course I do. She said, how much is in it? Mm, 
like, I don't know. She's like, okay. She said, do you have health insurance? I mean, no, she said, do you have life insurance? Um, I said, yeah. Um, and she's like, do you, through your employer? I said, yeah, I have it through my employer. I have it through my business. Um, she said, okay, well, how much do you have in your business? I knew that right off. Um, because, um, that's, you know, one of our major benefits. So when I'm talking to other potential business owner, they're really excited about the life insurance benefits. So I knew that. But then she asked me, um, you know, what is it at my job? And I was like, uh, I think it's mm, one times my salary. And she said, are you sure? Yeah. One times my salary. Yeah. That's it. I remember seeing that on some papers. She's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> so anyway, my assignment outside of working on my budget was to um, basically find out the exact amount I had in my 401k and find out exactly what I have in life insurance through my employer. So, um, you know, I logged onto my uh, job portal to get that information. And when I tell you guys that I was totally shocked <laughs> at the amounts, um, actually, my employer life insurance is only um, half my pay, half my yearly pay. Um, and I think I can't recall, but I mean, it's too late for me to do it now. But I think there was an option for me to get more through my annual benefits, but I've been getting the same thing year after year after year, because as I mentioned, I just started paying attention to finances, but yeah, so just half my salary and, um, that was life insurance. Yeah. And then my 401k, I had about $12,000 in my 401k. 12,000. And um, guys, I've been working for 20 years. Um, my last employer before, well, the reason I only have $12,000 on my 401k is pretty much every employer that I've had when I left. Um, instead of rolling the 401k over into an IRA or to make that money work for me um, or moving into another plan, I took the money and basically made it rain. What I, thousands of dollars, um, about five years ago, I had the largest tax bill uh, when I moved to Houston and left um, my last employer. Um, I took all my money out my 401k and um, I made it rain. And I don't even know where that money went. And my last employer, I did that too. So anyway, for my current employer, haven't touched it. It's a 12000 okay? I assume that it was a lot more in that, more in there, but... I got the information in black and white. But anyway, still, that's really not the big deal because you can always grow your 401k um, or grow other investments for your retirement. But the kicker is, is what I didn't realize is um, she said, well, how important is it for you not to be a financial burden to your family? And of course, I said very important. You know, I've always been a very independent person. Um, I've never wanted to be a financial burden. Um, and, you know, I'm like, no, nah, girl, I don't want to be a financial burden. Um, but we started talking about some other things. As many of you know out there in listener land, um, I'm my dad's 
provider. Um, he had he is recovering from a stroke, and he's 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 been showing signs of dementia that's progressing. Um, and he doesn't qualify for Medicare. Um, well, no, I'm sorry, not Medicare. He doesn't qualify for Medicaid, which takes care of someone coming into the home or long-term um, residential assistance. So, you know, I'm taking care of him as, as long as I can. But anyway, um, I know that, you know, definitely, it, it's definitely taxing on me. It's definitely taxing on my other siblings. My dad was extremely responsible with money, paid off his house, um, had a, has a good credit score, doesn't owe any debt. Um, but he didn't think things all the way through. And in this situation, all the way through is, hey, what if I get to the point where I'm not able to take care of myself? Um, how will I cover long-term care? So that's something that we talked about, which I never thought about. But back to the um, the 401k. So I was talking to one of my business partners. I was telling her um, that it was really an eye-opening experience. And it's funny because she works at the post office and a lot of people are at the post office for the benefits. I mean, we all know government jobs do not pay a lot, but they make up the difference in benefits. So um, she was telling me about, you know, a pension that they get at the post office, which she thought it was 100% of something. Turns out it's only like 30% of something. And she said, well, what's your pension? And I was like, we don't have a pension. And she said, what? Mind you, she's only 27 years old. Um, but she assumed that all jobs, all corporations have pensions. But the fact of the matter is very few jobs these days have pensions, especially full, uh, full pensions. Um, that was something that the baby boomer generation may have had or even the generation before that. Um, certain jobs, uh, especially, especially jobs with unions, um, had pensions. But now most corporations do not have them. So that means that typically, well, that that means that, that if your job does not have a pension, you are responsible for saving every single dime for your retirement. So that was an eye opener to her, which she really started um, thinking because she works at the post office and people, you know, are working there until their retirement. And a lot of people don't have enough to live off of. Um, and it's not that far far fetched because let me get you back to me and my situation. So at this rate, and I don't have the exact numbers written down, but I've been thinking about this a lot. So the numbers are pretty close. So with my 401k being at about $12,000, if I continue at this rate, if I continue at this rate, with the growth that my 401k um, is giving me. At age 65, I'll only have about um, $120,000 in my 401k. Wait a minute, 10. Yeah, so at age 65, I'll only have about $120,000 in my 401k. I'm trying to figure out how we came up with that number. I'm sorry, y'all, bear, <laughs> bear with me, but... Whatever that amount is, and I'm going to get back to you guys on the next episode, and I want you to know for sure. 
But when we broke it down, basically, if I didn't change anything, if I just kept things as they were yearly, my yearly income um, from my 401k, if I didn't save anything else, I'd only have a yearly salary of about 12500 a year. Um, funny, it's, it's what I have in my 401k now. But yeah, we, we broke it down and we looked at it. And um, <laughs> that was an eye opener because I'm like, well, I make way more than that now. Um, so do I plan to live differently? Um, like with 12,000 a year, how do you even live at all? Healthcare is expensive. Um, housing is going to go up. We all know about inflation. Insurance goes up. Copays go up. Prescriptions go up. I mean, things can be more expensive as you get older, even if you have really good spending habits and really good saving ha- saving habits. The point is, based on what I have now on my 401k, if I don't do something different, I won't be able to live. I won't be able to take care of myself. I'll definitely be a burden. And at 37, I can't count on social security. It may not be around by the time I get to to be in my 60s, 70s, Lord says the same. But I just thought about it. If that's my situation, um, I'm sure that's the situation of so many more people. Because a lot of my friends and family, like I said, they don't want to think about it. When my coworker, sorry, when my business partner went around to her coworkers asking about what they plan to do after retirement, they didn't want to think about it. They didn't want to talk about it. They didn't know what was in their 401k. So basically, you guys, I just want us to tell you, if you don't know that information, please find out, get the figures in black and white, write them down, do the math and just ask yourself, will this be enough once I retire or if I can't work anymore? Because keep in mind, that's based on if I continue to work up until 65. But what if I don't? What if I can? The thing is, you just have to prepare more for the future. And yes, I have a business and I'm working on residual income and I'm working on having a stream of income um, for the future. You know, I'm working on investments, which is an additional stream. But I'm talking about what what's going on right now. It's good to plan for the future um, based on what you will potentially have in terms of your finances. But you definitely want to look at, hey, what's in black and white? What based on what I can control, what do I have right now? So I was doing some research about the subject um, online and Dave Ramsey recommended that every person put an additional $500 a month every single month month into the forum in their 401k to completely max it out. Um, if you have a little bit of ways to go, let's say 30 or so years or more to go toward retirement. Most people can't do that. Um, I talk to people all the time who, you know, are living paycheck to paycheck. And these are people with seemingly good paying jobs. These are people with advanced degrees, with homes, with spouses, with children, but they're still living paycheck to paycheck because life's expensive and it's not how much you make it's how much you're able to make your money work for you and when you're just collecting a paycheck every two weeks you know your income is limited because just like you have expenses every single month those don't go away so if your your income does
doesn't change exponentially, you know, you're in a position where you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck, or even if you're not living paycheck to paycheck, a lot of people are not able to set aside an extra $500 a month. So what do you do in that situation? Well, one, you find a way that you're able to supplement your income, babysit, do hair, um, walk some dogs, drive Uber or Lyft. Uh, There's a lot of people I see doing grocery shopping for people. I think it's called Smart Card or whatever. They're always about to run over me in the grocery store. Um, Get an online business, um, start a podcast, whatever. Do something that could potentially generate some income for you because ideally saving $500 a month extra from your job may put you in a tight situation. Um, so that's one option. Um, two, if you're someone that doesn't want to do that, what you should do is definitely increase the amount you're saving in your 401k. A lot of people may have a difficult time saving $500, but if they have, um, you know, 401k coming out automatically through their checks, if you take that up, like I think my job matches at 6%. Um, but if I take that up to 10, 12, 15%, the most I can afford, then that's pre-tax income anyway. It's not affecting me as much. So that's an option. Um, the point is you have to do something because if you're not doing anything at all, if you're thinking that the future is going to take care of its, itself, you'll be in a very rude awakening. Um, so um, another thing I wanted to mention, oh man, speaking of 401k and employers. So one of my coworkers that I love so much, I've talked to her about, talked about her on the podcast before. So she um, is um, in a situation where now she's paying all of her bills by herself. At first she was splitting her bills with her significant other, but they're taking some time apart. So she's, you know, taking care of her bills for herself. So, um, to take care of the unexpected expense, what she's doing is having um, no taxes taken out of her check and she's not saving anything in her 401k. And man, so many people I know do that. And they would even recommend I do it. Um, At my job, we get a big bonus check every year for um, how well the company does. And man, the government taxed the head out of bonus checks, like 35, 40%. So if you're getting like a $4,000 bonus, 40% of that, that's $1,600 taken out off rip. (laughs) So um, a lot of people at my employer have it set up to where no taxes are taken out because, you know, they're thinking the future is going to take care of itself. They get taxes. If I owe, I owe. They want the money up front. But I said all that to say this, um, that if, if you're ever in that situation, I would really, really think of some other options outside of not saving for your 401k at all and um, outside of not paying taxes because it's so easy to get comfortable in those situations. Um, If you start getting used to not, if you start getting used to a certain dollar amount, your lifestyle actually starts to increase based on that dollar amount. Um, For example, one of the things that I 
need to do um, for my home buying process is to put the money aside that I would typically pay for my mortgage. I need to save that. I need to save that for six months. Why? Because my lender wants to know that, you know, yeah, they see that I'm making this money, but I'm not paying a mortgage right now. And the amount that I, I am paying for housing is nowhere near what I would be paying for a mortgage plus bills, the bills of being a homeowner. So they want to be able to see that I can save that and it makes total sense because now that I'm starting that process I'm having to tighten up the strings <laughs> um, I'm having to cut some things out is definitely making me more cognizant of my spending and they're doing that because they don't want me to get into a house and not know how to afford it what's the point of getting into a home that you can't afford and you know you get put out you get a repossession not a repossession you get put out you get a foreclosure closure and you're back at square one. And so many people were in the home buying seminar in that situation. But I said that to say that we often play mind games when it comes to money, when it comes to finances. So it's best not to do the quick fixes because typically we forget about the future. We forget about the worst case scenario. We forget to take taxes out of our check again. Um, we forget to put the money back into our 401k. We forget to even you know, start saving again. Um, in our 401k and it's, it's just not worth it. As someone who has been working for 20 years, that's closer to 40 than I am 20, you know, I, I understand how fast time moves. Y'all, it's not worth it. Y'all, we have really, um, we've really got to do better in that area because the idea is for our the next generation or for our children to pick up from where we left off, not have to start over again and again again and again that's something else i'm going to talk to you guys about but anyway um that is it for tonight's episode i know i talked about a lot of subjects but since it's been um some time since my last podcast i just had a lot that i wanted to talk to you guys about but i'm excited to bring to you guys um some exciting new topics i'm learning a lot with investing i'm learning a lot with my business i'm learning a lot with my financial advisor the home buying process and y'all this is called wtf because i'm learning with guys so i'm not sure <laughs> your financial advisor or your boss but I'm in the trenches with you. And the goal is to help you guys prevent mistakes that I have made so we can just grow and glow. But all right, if you have any questions, you can always um, reach out to me on social media. Star with two R's, Washington on Facebook. The Star Washington, Star with two R's um, on Instagram. And uh, my number is 386-383-6968. If you want to learn more about my my credit restoration services, you can always check out my site, www.starrwashington.com. Until next time, guys, have a good night.